live from the windy shores of Southern California. It's Nerd's Eye View, episode 270 for the 5th of April. Happy Easter, everybody. I'm joined by Andrew. Hi. And Tom. Hi. How you doing, Tom? I'm doing well. Welcome back. Thank you. I'm Jordan, and we're going to be reviewing a little movie called Midnight Special. This is not a special podcast, special episode. It's going to be a regular one, but we are going to review a little special movie after we talk about the top 10 new releases, and then after our initial review, we'll have our guest the ending. At the very end of the show, we'll have our discussion. You can stick around for that. That'll be about all the spoilers, but why don't we just jump in to the top 10? All right, count me down. I am in number 10. Deadpool! Because I can see... Number nine. Eye in the sky. And using that, they see number eight. Meet the blacks. They live at number seven. Teen Cloverfield Lane. And they feel very number six. Elegant. Because of number five. Miracles from heaven. Which leads them to conclude number four. God's not dead as well. Until they saw number three. My bigger, fatter, greeker weddinger. Which was held at number two. Sudapia. Uh, because of number one. Beavis Doge. Uh, I read part of an article where it was like, uh, hey, isn't it bad that Batman v Superman went down so much money from first weekend to second? Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it probably should be, right? I mean, if you look at the percentage drop, it is dramatic. It is scary. If you were to look at... Was that me? That was me. My bad. (laughs) Ding. Uh... If you were to look at that just as a percentage, like ignore the numbers themselves, Mm. that is a big drop, and it's looking bad. That means that next weekend, there should be another appreciable drop down, Mm -hmm. and uh, and then by the time the, you know, Captain America Civil War comes out, you know, who knows how low these numbers will be, but it's still, in comparison, Mm. these are still really high numbers. Yeah. 51 million is still a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. So... I mean, sure, analytically bad, but box office number-wise, you know how much money they're actually pulling in? Not bad. Yep. Because so. it's for the fans, after all, not the critics. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Don't we know it? Yeah. Um, I'm just happy Zootopia is still up there. Yeah. I really like that movie. Yep. Um, yeah, number two. Yeah. That's pretty great. And it was number two last week. It didn't even move, whereas if you notice the rest of these, they all kind of just dropped down one. Yeah, because there was some new... Yeah. New stuff in there. Yeah. Deadpool's still making it. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. It's because it's it's because it's a good movie. Yeah. You know. It'd be interesting if it outlasts Batman v Superman somehow. <laughs> somehow. I don't, I don't know about no, it. No, it's right on the edge right now. But yeah. That'd be interesting, right? Yeah, it's being that'd, pushed off that'd the boat. Be meaningful, I feel. I feel like. Yeah. Karmic justice. I think you mean. <laughs> yeah. There's two competing religious films on this list. I noticed which that is too. So strange. The, aren't they? Eating each other's lunches right I, now? Yeah, but they came out. One came out two weeks later, and they're both making still about the same amount of money. Right. Uh, and I mean, Miracles from Heaven has Jennifer Garner. Like it's right. They've got star power. Yeah, God's Not Dead too. I think has um, Melissa Joan Hart. Melissa Joan Hart. Indeed. Wow. Yeah, and perhaps a, Kevin Sorbo comes back. I don't know because he was in the first one. What? Yeah. I just Hercules find it weird himself. that they have a witch playing the lead character. <laughs> That is, well, yeah. that is ironic. Well, the first movie had Hercules playing the main character. Wow. It's, uh, you I know, can dig it. 
they're repurposing, much like historically religion itself, repurposing pagan idols. I would love to write a paper on that. Oh, I'm writing it right now in my head. (laughs) That's really nice. (laughs) I really like that. Oh, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird. It's weird. Mike's Big Fat Greek Wedding too. the sequel literally no one asked for. Yeah. What what were the odds on this sequel ever happening? I don't know. Super low. Uh, it, this is how how big of a deal mm. it was of not happening, in my opinion. I'd never even heard of the first movie. Wow. Wow. I've heard of it. I just never saw it. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even know the first one existed, and I was like, what? Yeah. Two? I finally saw it a couple years ago. When did I see that? Finally, I feel like I saw it really late, and I was just like, this is terrible. What's what's about? Uh, well, there's a big fat Greek wedding. Yeah. Apparently, Greek families are the most uh, 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 overbearing <laughs> and ridiculous families there are. Uh, so when when the daughter of the family is going to get married, the parents just will not get out of her life. They want to be a part of every aspect of her life. And I had to look it up because I was like, I've never heard of the first mm-hmm. one. I don't even understand what the difference is between the sequel and the original. So I had to like look it up, and it was before they even met, how they got married. Yeah. Uh-huh. So what is this, like five years? No, because they have a this kid. This is the actual amount of time, perhaps. Oh, like, so it's they're been pulling like a Star years. Wars. It's been a while. Yeah. They're yeah. pulling a Star Wars. No, the kid, and the crazy thing is, in the sequel, the kid's not getting married. It's her parents were never married. It's That's like a weird old so sitcom trope. Weird. Yeah, it's the strangest thing I've ever heard of. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, it's ups- it's upsetting that this actually exists and happens. Yeah, and it just looks like most of the jokes are about how perhaps racist her family is. Right? Yeah, a little weird, a little, little bad, but whatever. Overall, good numbers for the week. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we only have a couple below five million, but they're gonna get blown out of the water in a couple weeks. When does Civil War come out? May sixth, eighteen eighty seven. I think I don't know my history. That's too a well. pretty. I think that's a good guess. Yeah, if you're not, yeah. if you're that was nice. That was nice. <laughs> I didn't get it at first. Um, that's that means it's a month. Yeah, about a month. Oh, so we'll be getting it. Exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I finally saw Ten Cloverfield Lane. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked it. Good. Yeah. yeah cool. Yeah. Very yeah, cool. I I mean I'm I'm kind of glad like immediately all the discussion died on like is it a sequel because mm-hmm. it's yes it's, I'm happy it did too it's perhaps in the same universe but uh, definitely not a direct sequel yeah, yeah. thankfully yeah. no T J Miller unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> he makes everything better <laughs> <laughs> all right what's what's what else is happening <laughs> uh, new releases all yeah. right new releases on dvd and blu-ray star wars the force awakens yes we reviewed that in episode 255 mm-hmm. and we had who do we have here benson benson and that's it i think so i feel like we had another person i feel like that i mean that was a huge episode anyway because it was huge much like last week's release uh, big big ups yeah it's just benson all right he, um, talked, I think, he talked enough for two people. That's yeah, and I think I think the way it worked is uh, he and I had both seen the movie multiple times. Oh, he had seen it at least three times. Yeah, I think I you were two and I was two. one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I was two. So maybe it was two, three, three? Yes, because I had seen it three times. Yeah. And you'd seen it like in IMAX? And mm-hmm. Did you see it in 3D? Uh, yes, because I drove oh, up. Lord. I drove up to LA. Woo. I wanted to see it on the best IMAX screen in California. It's true. And it was incredible. I went... As literally not far as I could go to a theater where no one goes to. <laughs> I love it. Hey, man. Love that theater. Yeah. Yeah. I walked out it. on opening night. Oh, that's right. 
Yeah, I managed to get into the theater, sat in the front row. It's like, okay, trailers are done. I'm walking out. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't sit in the front row. No, it wasn't front row. It was like in the section by the exit. Oh, okay. So the front row to the back section. Yeah, yeah. I understand. You, you were doing that for a job. Yeah. Yeah. But I still like the idea that I walked out of the high school. In front, in, in front of everybody. Yeah. was like, where's he going? No, <laughs> no, come back. Yeah. You're going to miss it. <laughs> and I don't regret. Uh-huh. On DVD only, we have The Telltale Heart, and on Blu-ray, The Black Cat. All right, here we go. This is a brand new game. Trying it out right now. Uh, or I guess for now we'll call it Guess the Connection. Movie Connections, I don't know. Uh, these two films have something in common. Whoever can say it first wins. <laughs> so between The Telltale Heart and The Black Cat. What do these two films have in common? I think they're both 1930s horror films with Boris Karloff. Uh, I mean, no. They, these two are not. Okay. I was just going to say they're both based on horror literature. The first one's Edgar Allan Poe. I don't know who are the second one. They, they well, both got Poe reviews. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Jordan, you are the closest. Uh, they're both based on Edgar Allan Poe stories. Oh, okay. That's what I... I, I Thought I recognized the second one, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, the the Telltale Heart is uh, from like 1981. It is a uh, Italian horror film, mm-hmm. uh, and apparently it steals a lot from uh, like Scorsese films. <laughs> I was reading in the trivia, and the Telltale Heart. This is a 2016 version, what? starring I believe Rose McGowan. Wow, you can probably get it faster than me if if you're gonna yeah. open it up. Yeah, she is not busy. Wow. Yeah, very very <laughs> different, especially because if you recall the Telltale Heart. Mm-hmm. There are no women in that story. Nope. It is a, an old man, a young man, and two policemen. Whoa, this is different. <laughs> Tormented man haunted by the heart of a man he murdered who continually readmits himself into a ment- uh, medical facility in okay. a futile attempt to escape his pending madness. There you go. So she's probably a nurse or doctor there. Makes sense. Yep. So, yep, that's it. That was Guess the Connection. Wow. That's what I thought. Right, cool. And on TV, we have Banshee, the complete third season, because stars exist. Stars exist, and I believe it's one of Jordan's top stations. Stations? I guess TV stations. Network? Yeah. Stations. I think they're called networks now. (laughs) Sorry, what's that? Are they in color, too? Yeah. (laughs) Whoa! (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Uh, uh, I mean... Actually, I think it's Cinemax, but... Oh. Yeah. Oh, he's a max head too. That, is that what they call you, fellas? Yeah, you know, around the around the coffee, uh, around the max water heads cooler. And stars boys, do you get in little fights? Yeah, yeah, we throw down. You got to break it up because you're you're in between. Yeah, I love everything. You, you love everything. I'm the ref. Yeah, you are the ref. I'm the referee the ref. from the Jerry Seinfeld show. No, I was thinking of the. Oh, what was that? Who's that guy? Who's who's in the? It's a comedy film from like the '90s. It's called The Ref. Oh. <laughs> got me. Anyway, anyway, uh, this is the part where we try and guess if Jordan has seen the show, and I'm going to say yes for sure. Tom? Um, I'm going to say one or two episodes. Oh, I love this show. This may be uh, because um, Strike Back is ending, but Banshee is incredible. Do either of you know anything about it? No. I mean, no. oh, what you've told me is I all just I know. know I see as before the Nick, which is the only reason to watch Cinemax. Yeah. That show's amazing. The Nick, the Nick is fantastic. Yeah. Really good. And and there are other, there are other shows, I feel like they are perfect at making Nonsense. genre, well, genre shows. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the Nick very much exists in that world. Strike Back is 100% an action TV show. And it because it's on a TV channel, every episode feels like its own movie. It's incredible. Yeah. And then Banshee's just pure crazy thriller because it's about a guy, an ex-convict who, you know, worked as a as a jewel thief and he comes to a small town to track down his his ex-wife who got away from the last job and he did time for her so he comes back looking for her or at least to get the money that they shared together that and is like weirdly similar to a storyline that happened on once upon a time and that's freaking me out like yeah, why would they probably still afford that's them. weird um and uh and he's at a bar like heading out of town and the new sheriff for that town gets murdered trying to stop a, a robbery and he takes over the guy's identity and becomes the sheriff. Yep. And Ray Donovan stops by. It's it's a it's a really good show. It's crazy because it's in Amish country, so it deals with Amish politics and and there's like a local crime boss and some of the, the, the like a mob has its its handle over that area because they use it for like it's it's better than it should be. Mm-hmm. So I think that's Cinemax's motto. Yeah, probably. Where should we go if we want to pick any of these up? <laughs> so if you want to look at any of these tiles, check out your local video store. All right. Uh, so when we come right back, we will be reviewing Midnight Special. Hello, and welcome to Benview on Spielberg. I'm your resident Spielberg apatheticist, Matt Benson. And I'm resident uh, Spielberg fanatic, Justin Kezon. And today we're going to talk about... Duel. The Sugarland Express. Jaws. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. 1941. Raiders of the Lost E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Twilight Zone. Indiana the Moon, Jones and the, the Temple of Empire. Empire Indiana of Jones always. and the Last Crusade. Jurassic Shin Lost World. Saving Private Ryan. AI. Minority. Catch Mission Intelligence. War of the Mutants. Indiana Jones. The Adventures of Sinten. Indiana Jones. Catch Me on Steven Spielberg. Ben on Spielberg. New episodes dropping on the 15th of every month at BenviewNetwork.com. Police issued an Amber Alert for an eight-year-old boy. He was abducted from his home near El Dorado, Texas. It's time. You ready? Yeah. Okay. What do you know about Alton Meyer? I wouldn't know where to start. You would have fits. Things would break. It was like a feeling. Kind of feeling. We need to know where he is. You all have no clue what you're dealing with, do Thinks you're their savior. Dad, it's okay. Midnight special. Written and directed by Jeff Nichols. 
starring Michael Shannon, Joel Edgerton, Kirsten Dunst, Jaden Lieberherber, Adam Driver. I'm sorry to Jaden Lieberherber. That's not his name. Jaden Le- Lieberher. I was on a roll. I hit a funny. I couldn't stop. Uh, yeah, there's some other people Those here. funny landslides that we all fall down sometimes. There's some, uh, you know. There's people. There's some actors that I recognize their faces, but not. I wouldn't know their names for the life of me in this film. Uh, I mean, I feel like this IMDb description doesn't really give it justice. Yeah, I know. Because it kind of drops you right. The film starts like kind of in a mysterious way where you don't really know. Yeah, I really dig the way this movie opens up. Yeah. Just the, you have, what, probably 10 to 15 seconds, if not more, of, of credits and you hear that what is it a radio broadcast or a TV no, a that's TV. on? The TV's on mm-hmm. and it's a news channel, and it's talking about all these different things. And then it comes up and we're we're looking at a man getting weapons ready and 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 someone under a bed sheet. And it just has this really dark tone. We've got a guy cutting cardboard off of a window. And, and them getting all packed up and ready to leave. And, and I love the title card in this movie, the way they're on the highway. Like, it, it's actually got a pretty late title card. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't time it, of course, but it felt late. And, you know, after one reason or another, they end up turning off their headlights and he puts on, uh, the, the driver, Lucas, puts on night vision goggles. Yeah. And it just, it goes completely dark. And that's one of the things I dug about the film, too, is the nighttime scenes felt like they were happening in nighttime. It felt like it was more natural lighting. There was only one thereof. where I didn't feel like it was it. There was one where I definitely thought they shot this day for night. Oh, okay. There's it, It's in the woods. That's all I'll say. Oh, yeah. There's a wood scene where it's like, yeah, oh, this is... Yeah, because there's way too much light. Yeah. <laughs> I can see everything. I shouldn't be able to see everything. I mean, I bet the the argument was that it was close to morning. But isn't isn't the phrase "darkest before dawn"? Isn't that based on a true thing that it is? Yeah, it's based on inc- dark night. Yeah, well, yeah, it's incredibly dark before it the sun comes up. Um, but man, that title card is amazing. I really dug it, and I, I, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't seen any of this guy's films. Uh, he's okay. He's all right. You, have you seen later. Mud? Yeah. What? Which ones have you seen? I've seen his last year, which would be Take Shelter, Mud, and this. So yeah. that's the oh, because so he's, he's only another yeah, yeah, just his first film. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah, this is like, it's, this film is kind of based around mysteries. Mm -hmm. You don't really know, like, it unfolds as the film goes on what, what you're dealing with, Mm -hmm. which is, it's basically, I mean, I'm not going to read the MDB one because I don't believe it. I'm going to describe it as like a struggle, a struggle over a child between the child's father, the government, Mm -hmm. and a religious cult, essentially, which as you f- kind of find out, may have formed around the child. Yes, it seems that way. It definitely seems that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they probably exist as like yeah. a community beforehand, mm-hmm. but then as soon as this child came onto the scene, they all bandied together and their religious ideology formed around him, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I I thought, um, it's funny that you were talking, Banshee is uh, something about Amish, because mm-hmm. when, when they started showing the community, I was like, is this some kind of weird Amish option? Right, because they have very traditional, almost like Puritan, the, at least the women do, their mm-hmm. dresses. Well, the men the were men, all in like suits. Yeah, right. S- suits are very, uh, very like proper ways of mm-hmm. dressing. And everyone, I noticed all the men buttoned up, uh, Roy, our main character, 
repeatedly, anytime he gets dressed, he's got clothes all the way down to his sleeves mm-hmm. uh, or all the way down to his wrists. He's always got pants on. And whenever he buttons up his shirt, it's always to the top button. Mm-hmm. Like, they're very traditional. Yeah. Uh, and you kind of, uh, our main characters are, are mostly um, Michael Shannon, who's Roy, uh, Joel Edgerton, Which is Lucas. And, and, uh, and the boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of, it's, it's kind of showing how they're trying to get away and perhaps to somewhere very specific. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's hard to talk about a lot of different aspects of this film. I, I think we'll get a lot in discussion right. out because it's all based around mysteries. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then another uh, a bigger you know, character in the film is uh, Adam Driver's character, uh, who they just credit as Sevier. I think it's like Paul Sevier. Paul, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which I, f- I found his character very interesting. Mm-hmm. He he works for the NSA. He's brought in by the FBI to help investigate what's going on at this at the ranch. Is well, the, he's he's an NSA analyst. Yeah. So I think he's one of the people that noticed the way or, or the way the the activities of the cult is interacting mm-hmm. with the, what the government's doing mm-hmm. and how they're coming across information they shouldn't have mm-hmm. and then also they say when they pick up everybody they're like hey you guys are buying a lot of weapons yeah like large purchases of, of weapons yeah and that in conjunction with the stuff they're worried about with the information mm-hmm. you know that's why they're a part of it and he's probably the one who noticed it it happening or at least he seems like he is Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. At one point, the the FBI agent says that, like it or not, you're now the foremost expert on um, what is the kid's name on Alton, mm-hmm. Alton Meyer. Uh, so yeah, it's but I mean it's it's really like it's a really slow like a slow burn almost. It's mm-hmm. just it's it's all these different elements are kind of being revealed, and it's like a road trip movie yeah. because they're constantly at least that core group they're moving and the things keep time. amping up. The the there's kind of like. Uh, the child has some kind of ability. Right. Uh, and it's revealed, you know, in very dramatic ways what exactly it is and, and kind of really stylistic as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I really, like, it's hard to get a handle on what's really happening. Yeah, it's hard to talk about it without spoiling. Yeah. I don't I know. Mean, one, of, one of the reasons why I think it feels like such a mystery too is... I was listening to another show and they were talking about some of the interviews that had happened with uh, Nichols when Mm. he said he was making this film. And he said that over the last couple films, he's been kind of experimenting with with making films in general where he's taking out a lot of narrative tendons, if you will, that connect all the muscles together and trying to take out as much as he can while still having a story. So there's definitely a lot of that here. You're not given information. No one's sitting down and having you know, I think, exposition conversations. I think that works, but also it's not taking away too much where you're left scratching your head. Right. And really wondering what the hell am I, I watching? I felt the same yeah. too. I mean, in the show I listened to one of the co-hosts mm. didn't understand why anybody was doing anything in the film. So I think <laughs> if you're not paying attention, yeah, it can be very confusing because if you miss, like if you, at the very beginning of the movie, the cult leader sits down and is watching the same news broadcast that is that were shown in the um, in the hotel room at the very beginning, and they're asking like, "Hey, you know who 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 released this? Who leaked this yeah. to the media?" 
And uh, they're all confused because they didn't do it. And he says, well, you're going to have to go get him. You have four days. You have four days, yeah. And that's it. And I like if, that. you got to put that ticking clock yeah. on it. And if, if you miss that initial conversation, mm-hmm. like you're not going to understand why those two characters are doing what they're doing for the rest of the film. Yeah. Like, wait, why is this happening? And yeah. And, and that's just one conversation. It's never brought up again. The motivation well, he mentions of those two the, the one, the, the older man. He has a moment in the car that I really enjoy. Oh, where he's like, he's like, like I'm, I'm an electrician. I'm an electrician. This is not what I'm made for. And the other guy says, well, sometimes God calls us to do difficult things. Mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. This is definitely a weird cult. Yeah. This is dangerous. I don't know. Tom? Well, when I got asked to do this show, uh, this particular episode, I didn't even know <laughs> what Midnight Special was. I haven't seen that for anything. So very much with you about the whole mystery because I didn't even know if it was sci-fi or non-fi or whatever. It was... <laughs> Just a movie I thought was about diners, personally. That's certain midnight specials. <laughs> so it was very interesting how it was set up, and I liked how it was progressing and revealed information slowly along the way, and then you get an idea of who they are and the cults and all that. Mm-hmm. For some reason, it just never quite connected with me, and by the end, it was like, well, that was an interesting movie, but I don't really have any feeling on it. So, I mean, I, I've heard this sentiment uh, talked about before, and I'm wondering... Do you feel like you lost the thread somewhere along the way or that at the end of the film, stuff that it was building up towards just didn't pay off? I thought it paid off and it was, I was able to follow it just fine. It's just... It didn't resonate with Yeah, there's something about Jeff Nichols as a director that is like, I appreciate his work. I think he does a good job. It's just, there's something missing in the story where I keep me from giving it that extra Mm -hmm. gratitude and... There's something missing here that's keeping me from really liking it. I don't know if it's because I wanted more sci-fi or less sci-fi or more story that you said was clearly taken out or mm-hmm. anything. It's just, I don't know. I'm Do you not feel like it lacks, about it. it lacks like emotion? Yeah, to a certain extent. Because I felt like there, it's, it's very reserved. Right. Because uh, there's this father-son relationship where you, you kind of get the feeling that he'll do anything for his son. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's about it. Yeah. That's, I mean, and you hear through some of the backstory of like, this is his biological son, but the leader of the cult adopted him. And I'm using air quotes for that and has been raising him for how long now? Right. Like he hasn't been the father of this kid since they figured out whatever was going on. Right. The leader wanted to take control. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it also seemed interesting to me that, that part of, uh, Roy's backstory was that he uh, he wasn't always at the ranch. Right. It seemed like he 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 had a childhood and then went to the ranch mm-hmm. and then came out of I don't know. It's it seemed like we were missing some information that I would have liked, but also yeah. I I didn't want. I feel like <laughs> I feel like it almost went too much sci-fi. I feel like I'll get more into this into the discussion. Uh, right. But the, the Scythe elements, I feel like they could have stepped back two steps and I would have been felt really great about it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, they went where they went. They knew what they yeah. were doing. Yeah. I don't know. How do you think, uh, uh, I mean, as much as you can say now, Tom, how, how it compares to his other films in a in sense of... In general, they all have that same nuance and um, Mud was particularly like, I don't even remember much about it. I just remember there was Matthew McConaughey working on a bow and a kid would stop by every now and then and talk to them like, it was these very non-story stories where things would just happen and not really much else went hmm. down. I mean, Take Shelter is probably the best of the three, and I 
don't mean it in a bad way, but it feels like diminishing returns with me for him because I've heard that exact same sentiment from somebody like, else. Like take shelter, Michael Shannon's has given this great performance, and then everything else is just not as memorable. Hmm. Was Michael Shannon nominated for Take Shelter? He was nominated for something, as he should be. Yeah, I think he's a fantastic actor. Yeah, I'm trying to pull up that information. Uh, oh, he was nominated for Revolution Re- Revolutionary Road. Yeah. Hmm. I huh. don't know. Nichols is just missing that something, and I'm not sure what it is. Do you think it's his his style, the way he's kind of experimenting with his films? I don't know, because I'm usually fine with any dramas where not much happens, but mm-hmm. he just feels like you've seen the movie and you saw the movie. There's nothing more to it. It doesn't make an impression on you. No, it does. Either way, you're just gonna come out the other side and went, "Yeah, all right, that was a movie." Yeah. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> what do you think? No, I liked it. It's just like, yeah, it's it's kind of um, because of the mystery element. You kind of at the end, you only know what you know. Mm-hmm. It doesn't give you anything else. Doesn't really. Yeah, it doesn't really. You have to infer. You have to make connections yourself. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And th- there seems like I mean. There's a lot that happens right at the end. Oh, yeah. That you kind of don't get an idea of how that affects the world or anyone. Yeah, I don't know. It kind, of, it kind of just, by the time the credits roll, you just know that a lot of people are in bad places. You know, at but least they did it. You know where th- the main characters are. Yeah. But you know that they did it because of something they believed in or someone mm-hmm. they cared about. Mm-hmm. And they're fine. They're they're gonna make it. They're well. They're just. They knew that, that this way. was gonna be their outcome, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? They didn't have a plan to to you know get out of there or mm. evade or or to have a better life afterwards or something like that. There was no backup plan. They knew this is where they were gonna end up, and they're just they're content there. And and the world itself, like, I mean, this might be a little spoilery. The whole world is affected by what happens at the end of the movie, or at least a large section of the southern east coast. Yeah. And like that is going to have repercussions, or at least some explaining to do, or some, you know, cover up, cover <laughs> up or you know what I mean. Just people are affected. Yeah, you get the idea that people could be affected, but you don't really get what that effect is. Right. And and earlier in the film, there's one there's one scene where something crazy happens, mm-hmm. and you see on the news the cover up. Yeah, and it's easily explained away, mm-hmm. and it's just. It, that's it and that's all they needed to do and the public is pacified and it just makes you wonder is that event big enough at the end of the film that they can't cover it up mm-hmm. you know is that going to change people's world view or is that simply going to be slept, uh, swept under the rug yeah I feel like this is uh, another case of we've had this in a couple other uh, sci-fi or similar style films where this is the small story mm-hmm. like we don't get the big story Right, we get the small story. We get the little, some little blip of a story. Where yeah, there's there's a huge overarching thing, but our story is about this one person in the middle yeah, of it. Yeah, this one very small element of something insane um, yeah. that's happening. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, so yeah, I mean, but I like to find. I don't know. Yeah, I'm intrigued by Nichols' other films, especially if. As Tom was saying, like this is a diminishing thing where yeah. perhaps the other ones are better. So, like I said, they're that. all good, but they just give me the underwhelming. Oh, that was a movie feeling. Mm-hmm. Like three out of five stars at best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to see the other films now. Yeah. I, I I was interested in Mud, but I just never ended up watching it. So I definitely got to check out the other ones. That's cool. All right, so we will have more 
in the discussion. All right, let's see what's coming out new in theaters. All right, new in theaters, we have Hardcore Henry, The Boss, Demolition, The Invitation, Louder Than Bombs, and that's it. All right, before we play, guess the ending. Uh, let's give out some thanks, starting with Silent Partner, who did our theme song, Sophomore Makeout. We got that from the YouTube Audio Library. That's youtube.com slash audio library. Feel like our logo was done by Justin Kizan. He's an artist and writer. You can find his writing at agentsofguard.com. That's agentsofguard.com. Now, if you like podcasts and you like me, you should check out Pick Your Path. It's a choose your own adventure, choose your own adventure enhanced podcast. Uh, which is written by myself, Matt Benson, and David King. Uh, you can check that out, benvnetwork.com slash PYP. Season 1 is available for full download. Season 2 is coming later this year. Uh, I mean, and we've got bonus episodes coming every once in a while uh, as we have time for them, uh, just to whet your appetite for continuing Choose Your Own Adventure stories and talk. Uh, Tom? Yeah? What do you do? Well, I write over at optograb.org, usually about movies, TV, sometimes music or podcasts. I don't know. I write about whatever's available. And right now I'm reviewing the shows Bob Burgers, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Girls, and some other stuff. I'm also recapping all the shows because we're at the end of the season for most of these things. So this week I'm doing post on 11, 22, 63, and American Crime Story. So writing reviews up on that. Could I, could I get a tiny little preview of one of those? I both really like them. Okay, cool. Yeah. And um, I also write short stories. I know I've been absent for like five months, but I promise you that I'm releasing like four or five stories in April. And Wow. So check that out on Amazon Smashers. I'll be writing random short stories about time travel, bananas, vampires, you name it. I'm probably going to have a story about it. And out. that's just the first story. Yeah, it's all of those. <laughs> yeah, they're all gonna be like ninety nine cents. So I have a bunch of other stuff. Nice. If you can download samples and check them out, Amazon, Smashwords, Barnes and Noble, they're all fun. Cool. I stream at twitch.tv backslash gamersalt weekly. This weekend, I will be playing Quantum Break. I have been eagerly anticipating this uh, because it is half game, uh, half TV show. And you play through an act, and then you watch a 22 to 27-minute TV show. Are you going to be allowed to stream the TV show portion? Uh, what do you mean? Oh, maybe not. I mean, I'm I sorry don't know. That's the first time that anyone's asked that question. Well, luckily, luckily, each act is like two to three hours. Because you said that the TV show portion changes based upon what you do in the game. Completely. So... And, and you can do random things. Like if uh, one of the things they're talking about is you'll be going through this school as part of your investigation Mm -hmm. and there's a there's a blackboard where people are trying to uh, figure out an equation and because of what you've gone through you know how to fix that equation Mm -hmm. so if you go and do it if you go and fix it Mm -hmm. in the tv show one of the scenes is people talking about who fixed this equation Uh. and how could they have because no one no one should know that Mm -hmm. and that becomes you know something in the tv show that's kind of a small thing but you did that. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? You, you kind of changed it. Huh. So I'll be doing that from 3 to 5 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time on Saturday. And then for the next week and probably till the end of time, I'll be playing Dark Souls 3 because that's where it's at. But definitely follow uh, GamerAssaultWeekly.com and GA Weekly 
on Twitter for updates on the streaming schedule. And you should check out all the great shows on the Benview Network, benviewnetwork.com. We just got another new edition, a new show, uh, The Artist Tree, uh, hosted by Kayla Berry, uh, where she will be interviewing various uh, uh, entertainment industry industry professionals. Nice. uh, And they'll be giving tips on how to get a job, how to to get out there, how to get noticed. Uh, It's uh, the first episode's up, and it features none other than David King of uh, Midnight Marinera, uh, he's of how, course, how'd she land that? I know it's such a big, big get. Wow. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, you said big it, big get. <laughs> you still said big it. All oh, right. Wow. Uh, he, I didn't think it would come through in the show. He of you course so well. Uh, interacts a lot with uh, voice actors through Midnight Marinera mm-hmm. uh, and uh, a lot of his other work uh, like that. So go check out that first episode of The Artist Tree. Uh, and then, of course, uh, other recent additions. Trent Talk. Uh, Jordan was very excited to hear what that show was about. Mm-hmm. Trent Reznor. Yep. A new Ooh. album every week. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, and then also um, the podcast preview. Ooh. Uh, where, and that is even available on an actual radio station. Uh, not anywhere near here. W-E-R-A is the call letters. I don't remember the number. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... It's a podcast, so you can download it. That's how podcasts work. That's awesome. Uh, the podcast preview part of the Benview Network. Uh, go check out all those great shows and all the uh, Benview originals that you know and love, like Benview on Spielberg, Comic Nerd Unite, uh, Radio Brenda Man Popsicles. Uh, you know it. You love it. Go get it. It's on Benview. Did I make up a new catchphrase for our, for our network? Sure. Wow. We'll see if that sticks. Uh, and then our personal website, com. It's all part of the Benview Network, though. Uh, email us nevpodcast at gmail.com and on Twitter at nevpodcast. Uh, and you can find me personally on Twitter at Podcaster Andrew. Optograb. True Valk. All right. So now it's time for Guess the Ending. You'll never guess how it ends. Yay. I'm up first. I didn't know I was up first. Here we go. I will be guessing the ending to uh, the feature film, The Boss, not to be confused with the man. The legend, the musician, uh, the boss. What, the what's his, what's, what is that guy's name? Well, I'm sorry. Bruce Springsteen? Bruce Springsteen. I thought Bring you were going to say cake, cake Boss. Uh, cake Boss. Also cake, cake boss. boss. Cake Boss. So, The Boss, directed by Ben Falcone, uh, who, uh, go figure. Swear to me. If, well, that's, that's the husband of star, Melissa McCarthy. Nice. Uh, the last time that happened, it wasn't that nice. That was what, what uh, did they do last time. Well, I don't Tammy. know if he directed it, but he just wrote. He wrote Tammy or directed I'm sure it. Sure, he well. directed it too. Tammy, do you recall that Tammy film? No, where Melissa McCarthy was some kind of a a, a bad lady. No, I started watching it. Uh, Identity theft, thief, theft. Was that before or after Tammy? Uh, it's around the same time. Yeah, yeah, I think it came out just before Tammy. In the McCarthy verse. Mm-hmm. In the McCarthy verse. Yeah. Uh, you got Tom McCarthy. You got anyway uh, McCarthyism. Some Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Bell, Peter Dinklage, and Dave Bautista. Oh, jeez, look at this. Cast. I mean, right? <laughs> and yet, I don't know. A titan of industry is sent to prison after she's caught for insider trading. When she emerges ready to rebrand herself as America's latest sweetheart, not everyone she screwed over is my iPad just so scrolled. quick to not forget? everyone she screwed over is so quick to forgive and forget. I don't know why my iPad just went whoop, just disappeared. <laughs> it does that sometimes. All right. Um, 
So obviously, Melissa McCarthy is the titan of industry. Kristen Bell works for her. I don't know what Peter Dinklage and Dave Bautista are doing, but I love that pair. That's a great pair. They're, uh, never mind. They're, it's not my guess the ending. They're business people that she screwed over, and we're going to find out. Uh, so yeah, but she finally gets sent to prison for insider trading. It's not that long that she's in prison, though. It's like less than a year. Yeah, and it's, it's white-collar prison. Yeah, it's swanky. <laughs> uh, but she comes out, she doesn't have anything. Uh, they froze so all of her. She accounts. manages to her 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 old assistant Kristen Bell says, "Come live with me, whatever." Uh, she starts helping with the kid. The kid's got the brownie thing. They don't call it brownies, but you know they don't. They they're not allowed to, but same thing. They're they're uh, uh, legal non Girl Scouts. Let's call them. Yeah. Uh, so the uh, LNGSs. Uh, but then she's like, "Oh, I'll make a new. I'll make a new group." Right? She does. But then. The, the Peter Dinklage and Dave Bautista, they're like in a car, they're watching from a distance in binoculars mm. and they're like, oh, there she is. The, you know, our, the boss, the, see, Melissa McCarthy's not the boss. Mm-hmm. The boss is the one that she screwed over. Oh. So the boss wants us to watch her. So they're watching her. They're doing, they're tr- doing a little underhanded tricks so that her cookie empire doesn't do well. Oh no. And then finally, Melissa McCarthy figures out who's been doing this. She goes to confront her. And it's Martha Stewart. Whoa. She burned Martha Stewart back in the day. In fact, that's why she was sent to prison because of Melissa McCarthy's character. It's all connected. And so when Martha Stewart came out, she got her back, sent her to prison. But when she got out faster than her, she said, no, I will continue to ruin her life. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Martha Stewart's the true villain of this film. Nice. Does she triumph? I, I mean, do you want me to give away? Well, let's guess the ending. All right. Martha Stewart and Dave Bautista get married. Oh, beautiful. And she gives up her life of crime. She, yeah, she gives up her life of crime and, I mean, not home decor. Like, yeah. she has the best wedding ever. Yeah, of course. <laughs> let's, let's get real. And, and Peter, uh, Peter Dinklage uh, is the best man because they're twins. Oh, I mean. Peter Dinklage and Dave Bautista. That, but they're, they're saving twins. that for the prequel. That's yeah. some information that's in that's going to be in the prequel to the boss. Well, it's a it's a remake of Twin. Yeah, they're twins. calling the prequel. So Jenny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. They're remaking Twins, twins as a prequel to The Boss, and they're calling it Minions, and they're hoping that no one gets confused. I was hoping it would be the intern. Well, that's that's the Kristen Bell offshoot yeah. story of how she came to work for Melissa McCarthy. She started as an intern. Okay. There's a lot. It, it's a big universe. Yeah. 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 The McCarthyverse. The, the McCarthyverse. Yeah. It's all connected. Hashtag it's all connected. Yes. Yeah. All right, Tom, please. All right. I'm doing Demolition, directed by John Mark Valley. All right. And it's about a successful successful investment banker struggles after losing his wife in a tragic car crash. Played by Jake Gyllenhaal. So here we go. They're driving down the street. La-di-da-di-da. Then all of a sudden, they get into this terrible car crash. Oh, no. What's going to happen? His mind is all a blur. He doesn't know what to do. And he thought, I know, I'll have a spiritual awakening. I'll go wild and go out into the woods, go hiking for a bit. And as he does, he remembers back on his tumultuous relationship with her and how she died and all the sadness and all that. At one point, she loses, he loses a shoe. And suddenly, as he's getting towards the end there, he feels like he is awakened and wants to start anew. So he goes to a rodeo where he meets a woman that looks like her. But the woman is a man, and the man gives him AIDS. So all of a sudden he gets all mad that he has AIDS, and so he goes into the legal market looking for drugs, gets another job working with someone who's not a man or a woman, but a transgender person, and um, soon he finds a bond with him despite uh, not agreeing a lot on stuff. Then that person dies, and he uh, somehow gets better and plays sports. 
Whoa. Yeah. John Mark Mallet really ran out of ideas here. <laughs> Jordan. Doing The Invitation, directed by Karen Kusama, starring Logan Marshall Green. Uh, I can't pronounce that name. Uh, Michelle Huseman and Tammy Blanchard. I'm well, going to try and say that name. Please. Emiatsi Corinalde. I like it. Okay. See, he did it better anyway. While attending a dinner party at his former home, a man thinks his ex-wife and her new husband have sinister intentions for their guests. So uh, he shows up. He's got a nice bottle of wine. Uh, we get through a couple, you know, scenes of dialogue. The, kind of the backstory of the, you know, they just... She she started going to these clubs and stuff got weird and she wasn't home all that often and he kind of felt like there was someone else in the picture so that's why they ended up breaking apart you know they just grew apart as people and she also started her personality changed you know she wasn't the same woman that that he had met and fallen in love with so they they have their divorce and uh, when he comes back uh, for this this dinner party it's very unexpected it's a couple years later. But he's in his home and he's noticing there's a lot of changes. You know, where there used to be doors, there's now walls. Where there was walls, there's there's now doors. Mm-hmm. They very much remodeled the place. Uh, the decor is pretty much the same, but otherwise, it, it's a very changed building. And and he's noticing that, you know, it, the floor plan doesn't really make sense anymore. He tries to find his old office where, you know, he kind of had his man cave, and he can't find a way to get in there. Like, he knows where it's at located in the house, but there's no entryway. There's no hallway. There's, there's no way to get there anymore. So he's, he's a little perplexed by that. He doesn't want to say anything because he feel, you know, it'd be weird to talk about in front of the other guests, but it's, it's a little weird. And uh, as soon as they start eating, he's noticing some other weird stuff. Uh, they're getting uh, the wine from a different place, his his uh, his ex-wife and her husband aren't drinking the same things that everyone else is drinking. They're not eating the same food. Uh, they're not eating any of the hors d'oeuvres or, or hanging out in the same rooms. It's just, it all feels off to him. And at one point he hears them talking and they're talking about, you know, weapons and, and what time everything is going to happen at and when they're going to start. And he's at the party. The party's already started. It's very confusing for him. And over the course of the next hour, people die in accidents. Really weird things. People are in the kitchen and stuff blows up. People are in the dining room and the chandelier falls on somebody. Just one thing after another. People keep getting hurt. And uh, when they try and leave, they can't get out. And, you know, because... He feels like he, even though he, they've changed the house so much, he feels like he has a good handle, so he tries to help the few people that he can while you know, avoiding all of these seemingly accidents when his ex-wife and her husband are no, nowhere to be found. They're just gone. And uh, by the end of it, uh, he kind of figures out that they are in his old office. So he goes into the kitchen when, when they seem to be focused on different people and uh, goes and blows up their their gas stove and creates a hole and the two people are in there they've got this big console where they're doing this all these little fun house traps and hurting people and he goes in and beats them up handles it you know we don't get any backstory but you can tell he knows how to hold himself 
and uh, and you know they pull a gun on him, and he eventually, you know, it looks like he's going to be held hostage. It looks like things are going to be uh, are going to be worse. But some of the other people come to the kitchen after hearing this explosion because they're they're thinking that you know maybe someone blew a hole in the wall so they could get out, and you know his ex wife and the husband get distracted for a second. He gets the gun from him, shoots the husband. The wife gets gives up, and cops show up, and and couple cops get hurt trying to get into the house uh trying to clear the house but you find out that this has all been set up that through her weird club they met an architect and the architect helped them build the house and they arrest everybody and and they're just thankful they made it through but half the people at the party died wow yeah that might be the actual plot i might have actually i haven't seen a single trailer for this movie but i may have figured it out look if martha stewart is not in the boss the fuck yeah yeah that will be upsetting actually because that makes she in, the most sense am i crazy or was she in pixels you saw pixels she was in pixels i'm not crazy i am crazy for seeing pixels yeah. but she is also in it two people you would never expect to be in pixels martha stewart and serena williams yeah what there you go yeah i'm so glad I that's didn't your see gift that movie. everyone I'm so glad i didn't see that movie. i saved that for you <laughs> Uh, that I guess we can end the guessing. Someone's got to jump on the grenade. Yeah. No, it's pixels. <laughs> yeah, and now I'm pixelated in the middle of me. Yeah, and yeah, I'm, I'm just dying. Going. It's okay. Yeah. Well, you're gonna turn into Cupid. Well, at the end, my pixels come back, and I'm fine. Yeah, that's yeah. how it works. Yeah. And then you become a trophy. They defeated the pixel aliens. Yeah, you become a trophy. Oh, God. Okay. Why am I thinking about that film? You brought it up. <laughs> mm. Well, because of Martha Stewart. If she'll be in pixels, but not this. She better be in this. What the hell? She better be in this. I believe we will be reviewing Demolition. All right, cool. Unless it's a secretly a limited release. I hope it's not. Yeah, yeah I think I'm going to watch Demolition. I definitely want to see Hardcore Henry. I want to see Hardcore Henry, and I want to watch The Boss. I'm probably going to watch The Boss because I'm a, a, a McCarthy head. Well, I love McCarthyism, so I'm going to be there at least that to support my fellow Although, communists. I do have a, a strange theory that if The Boss bombs at the box office, she will come crawling back to the Gilmore Girls revival and we will find we will get some Suki in there. Well then it's very upsetting that boycott. both uh, both camps, both uh, McCarthy's people and Amy Sherman Palladino, a writer and creator of Gilmore Girls, mm-hmm. both of them said, Oh yeah, we're willing and no, and basically it was it came down no. What? Yeah. So That's we weird. think uh, uh, in my Gilmore Girls circles we believe that there was some kind of miscommunication between the the uh, their you know their little interns and so uh-huh. and so, the people talking so forth. to the people yeah the people talked to the people and perhaps it was believed that most McCarthy would cost too much for what little screen time that they would give her hmm. so we'll see as someone who's not invested in the Gilmore verse at all hmm. uh, I hope it works out for you because well, I, I want yeah. you to be happy the yeah, the crazy thing is Gilmore. the crazy <laughs> thing is. Thanks. From what I've heard, uh, the the actor who plays her husband on the show is going to be on the show somehow, but not her. <laughs> what? And uh, they better not get spiteful and split him up or some dumb shit. Yeah, like, that'd that's, be really weird. That's going like to be that. upsetting to me. I don't like that. Anyway. Just edit in footage of her from old episodes. Yeah. I, I might. With CG good me. enough, we can make her look a little bit older. They yeah. own the rights to that character. Uh, anyway, that is the end of this uh, episode, episode 270. Uh, thank you all for listening uh, please come back next week and if you stay after uh, the little music that's uh, playing here uh, you'll get the discussion uh, we, we are able to get into a lot more in the discussion for Midnight Special uh, so until next week, I'm Andrew I'm Tom 
And I'm Jordan. And remember, listeners, if a suited dude comes up to your door and asks you if you're the mother or father of Sarah Tomlin, slam the door in their face and call the cops. Tom, there's news. News? Yes. Uh, a Nerd's Eye View has been invited to do a panel at Comic-Con Palm Springs. Yeah? Would you like to join us? Oh, sure. Definitely. Let's do that discussion. <laughs> Alright, <laughs> uh, right, so the ending. Uh, well, we find out, I mean, is it, is it true to say that the boy is an alien or at least an interdimensional being <laughs> yeah, as defined so. by Indiana Jones kingdom of the crystal skull? <laughs> Fuck you <laughs> for even bringing that up. Uh, well, because they weren't aliens. I don't think they were aliens in this movie. I think. No, I know. It is. It That's is. what I'm saying. Because he says, you know, the the kid actually says, you know, that our world exists, and then there's another one on top of it. Meaning, well, he's, his world is on same, top of. Yeah, they yeah. exist in the same place, and one group has the ability to watch the other group mm-hmm. and kind of, I don't know, catalog or monitor or whatever, you know, whatever well, they're doing. Be catalysts. Yeah, like it's it, they're definitely in the world. If yeah, this boy, there's is even there. one structure it showed that was like hanging off Attached of another to, building. Yeah. That wasn't its that own was structure. That was perhaps the most interesting part of that weird montage of, oh, let's look what's happening when this all is revealed the to the world. Yeah. And they all kind of look like they were wind turbines. Like they looked yeah, like they, they were, were energy, energy sources. Energy sources. Or something. Yeah, they were all green was, energy. So that way they weren't really drawing from the land. They were just kind it was of really on something. It. And then, but that one that was couched on top of another building. Yeah, on top of a building. But was also moving with the wind. Yeah. Like it was using wind energy. Like that was just. That denotes to me that this is a, a species of people or beings mm. that are, you know, hanging out. And well, they're beings of light. Yeah. <laughs> literally. That was, for me, the step too far. They could have... Was that it? They could have not shown us what they look like. Yeah. And I would have been... You know what? Perfect. I would have been fine with that. It, to me, it was having the ones on the ground with them. Mm. If it just showed the ones up, up oh, there yeah. and just having the light source from them and you're like well I can't really tell yep. because of the light it's kind of distorted because they're far away mm. that would have been cool with yeah. me because you know from a distance you can't get a good view like I don't want to see ones on what the they ground, look like you could just see that they were literally invisible glowing outlines in which case how I mean that's one the of boy? the things I yeah. don't like there's there's two big problems I have uh-huh. with the movie uh, and the first one is how yeah. how how <laughs> I get you how especially okay Right in the last second, Michael Shannon's eyes flash yes. blue. So, so is, he is he also... Maybe? Yeah, exactly. And if that's the case, then that denotes something way more interesting, which is maybe He's some never... of them choose to become human well, and, clearly... and transfer over through the dimension. Right? But then why would he be why... so confused the rest of the movie? Well, unless, I, don't, I feel like he wasn't unless... confused. I feel like he knew the rules, but mm. somehow he was very worried about the sun affecting the sun, affecting yeah. his sun. Yeah. But not if if he was also part whatever. So how did it not affect him? So what what I'm thinking is is maybe by becoming human, if you if you're one of those beings and you mm. decide to transfer dimensions and and become human, mm. that maybe it's like in City of Angels where Nicolas Cage 
loses his angelness and he's supposed to forget everything. Do you know oh, what I mean? Okay, okay. Where you lose that ability, you lose all the knowledge, mm. or even if you still have the knowledge, you're not able to interact with it. So then he has a son mm. who exhibits all those abilities, the things that he's let go of, mm. and he realizes he doesn't belong here, but can't do anything about it. You know what I mean? He can't communicate like like his son can, and he can't connect anymore. But but that is me making a huge leap. Huge leap, yeah. <laughs> I am making a huge leap to put those pieces together. So the other thing I have a problem with mm. is uh, Kylo Ren yeah. is in a room looking Sevier. at all the data, Sevier, yeah. and circles two numbers on a, on a whiteboard and yeah, goes, we, oh, I got it. I know where he's going. Now, are, What? <laughs> are we supposed to imagine that he figured out whatever code was happening there, but they so, don't explain it to so us? So no, what he says is he's not... He's looking for a place. Yeah. That's the only reason he's interacting with these satellites mm-hmm. is he's searching. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. sending out his energy electrical feelings into the universe mm-hmm. looking for a specific location. And the only thing he found was coordinates from these tr- transmissions mm-hmm. that the government's sending back and forth under on encrypted channels, mm-hmm. which is what gets the government confused in the first place because the idiot cult takes these numbers and puts them into their sermons which are pushed out into the world i guess and the government's you know wiretapping patriot act stuff presumably is picking all this stuff up going how do this have this information whether or not they're like transmitting it Mm -hmm. i'd i'd heard i mean third hand but i'd heard that pretty much the nsa has this is third-hand information that if if it is sound, they can hear it. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. It's it doesn't even have to be completely. on a phone or on a whatever. Yeah. If it if it is sound, they can hear it. Yeah. So so, so I, they they that get makes this sense to me that they yeah that the government found. I mean, you know, you think about the the uh, symbolic nature of cults it, mm-hmm. since you know Waco has become like right. So then so any new cult <laughs> would yeah. be under the purview or at least the monitoring of the government, mm-hmm. and then. The, then you have the information of those coordinates, and then you have the large weapon purchasing, mm-hmm. and you know, of course, the FBI is going to show up. But uh, Kylo Ren at that point says, you know, he's looking for a specific location. It's mm-hmm. the only reason he's been pulling down these coordinates is because he's just searching the universe for them, and uh, and then somehow because of the order of the coordinates, mm-hmm. maybe it's zeroing down on a location. It, I just I feel like if if that's the case if that's what's in the script show us a map show us how he comes to that equation how he mm-hmm. zeroes in on a certain coordinate location have us take that route with you because there's one thing that is isn't not not new anymore after the ring but but the putting the puzzle pieces together in horror films is one of the things that makes horror like modern horror films yeah, yeah, interesting yeah. And is certain parts f- of this definitely play out like a horror film. Right. And and it's that mystery. It's that investigating and putting the pieces together and figuring it out, right? Mm-hmm. So to have someone just stand in front of a whiteboard and say, I got it, is the most dissatisfying, annoying thing to have on film. <laughs> ha- walk us through the equation. As dumb as a lot of people feel math is, mm-hmm. if he ran me through a literal like puzzle piece, putting it together and figuring it out and came up with an actual answer that mm-hmm. is like... God forbid, a real thing that mm-hmm. someone could actually do. That would have been an amazing moment. That would have been cool. I would have, it would have made this character feel like he actually knew his stuff. Mm-hmm. Because my experience with with Sevier by the end of this film is, 
he just found this stuff in the beginning, and since then he's just been stumbling along this yeah, rabbit hole. He really does feel like a stumbler. Yeah. yeah. He he has no agency. Even in the beginning, he, the only reason he's there is because he probably figured out that that this cult was publishing this stuff and shouldn't be. And yeah. then he was interviewing people, he was so he got more information. Yeah. And then from there, he became an expert because he's the only one who interviewed them. Like it, it was just stumbling through it. Mm-hmm. I want. Make us care about, make us feel like this guy knows his stuff or at least is smart enough to be in the NSA, which is what he's supposed to be. Mm. So that bothered the hell out of me. There was another really unsatisfying scene for me that I felt was more realistic, but Mm -hmm. really unsatisfying. So when the the two goons from the the cult Mm. finally catch up to uh, the little family hanging out in the hotel room and they take the kid... You know, our our heroes are oh, injured. Oh, and then they immediately get pulled over. But well, okay, so they they get away, and they obviously have what maybe a ten minute lead, if mm-hmm. if that. Right. Um, and so then the the heroes get in the car, they go chasing after, but then they hit uh, uh traffic, mm-hmm. which is because of a roadblock, which is because of the goons and had this been is, this stopped. Is, or well, this is after Sevier. <laughs> by the way, if we want the, the, the correlation of events, yeah, sure. Sevier figured out where they're going. Yeah. So at that point, they stop putting, they stop thinking they're going to go to Atlanta. He yeah. realizes that all the previous coordinates are bull crap. He was just going through them while trying to find what he was really looking for. Mm. So they know he's not going to Atlanta. So he's, he tells them where they're going. So they start putting literal roadblocks yeah. on the way to the location where they're, where they're so going. So now are we to believe that the government shot at that car and killed those men? Because when we see for that brief flash, the car door that's open and the something is in the car that m- makes you connect that that was the car. Well, it's his, it's his it was, blood because he It was he the was bag. Shot. They put a bag on his head. Yeah. And so that bag is sitting in the car. And it's got blood on it because he was holding, the guy who was holding him against There's more him. than just blood. There's blood on the window. Yeah. Which makes me feel like I didn't understand if that was to mean that the kid, like. They probably tried to drive through it. And, well, he was already bleeding because he got gut shot. There was, like, one of them the got blood the on the window shot. looked like, like. I didn't see blood on the window. Oh, I see, it was on the door, like the door. You saw two? Um, it was coming back to me, and I don't remember much about this movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it, I'm telling you, like, the way that. Oh, I believe it. I didn't understand because if at that point we were, it was revealed to us that this kid killed these men somehow using his I don't think he did. No, I don't think so. And the only reason, the only thing that I can think of now is that the government saw them driving, saw the kid, whatever. Stopped them. And either stopped them or shot them. And if you think about it. Because I believe that they are dead. And up to this point, (laughs) the the information they have is Michael Shannon's character and one other character. Mm -hmm. I think they know it's Lucas by this point. So you have two men with a kid. They're going to stop them. The kid had a bag on his head. What what were they thinking? Here's (laughs) the other thing is, well, they're just trying to stop the light. Yeah, they're trying to stop the light. Um, Is... They're going to have the roadblock there because they're not as smart as Michael Shannon's character, or at least not as violent. They're going to try and drive through it. They're going to get stopped, and they probably tried to shoot their way out. Oh, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. Because they well, yeah, are the they're coming wasn't from supposed a, to shoot unless shot at. Right. That was, yeah. That's the kid makes that point. Alton mm-hmm. makes that point later. They have orders to only return fire. Mm-hmm. So, and think about you know how religious they are and how much gung ho about this cult. They have to get him back in four days. They're gonna try and you know. They're they're not thinking clearly. At no, that that's point. true. Uh, yeah, there's a lot. Of the, so there's an early scene where um, the two men they they take refuge at a, at another former ranch. Uh, ranch. Someone members. who seems to be excommunicated. Yeah, he was kicked out 
perhaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he kind of takes advantage to, to it's, it's kind of like a, a weird communing mm-hmm. probably was what they did at the ranch. Cause in, in one of the interviews it mentions one of the, the members of the ranch mentions, Oh, I, I looked into his eyes and they all talk I about it. They have different. They, yes. I and then one of things. them says comfort mm-hmm. felt like comfort. So, but I, it, what do you think they were actually get, Do you think they were getting information sometimes? Do you think it was, I think it was probably just touching the power that those beings have mm-hmm. and from whatever place where that power comes from. Mm-hmm. And it probably made them feel a connection to that other dimension. Maybe. Where it does seem a little bit, you know, like a peaceful idealized yeah. peaceful world. And if you're if you're connecting to that world when you live in ours, it would feel way better. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It would it would obviously come with that feeling. But that that to me hints at a way darker idea, which is that this community is just using this kid yeah. and passing him around and sucking light out of him yeah. to feel better. Well, especially when it it, it seemed like monstrous. This guy was taking so much light from him that it was, it, was it dest- shook the house. It was it destroying shook the house. The house. Yeah. That's a crazy scene. Yeah. I just yeah. I wish it I wish I understood better what was happening. What was happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, and I'm kind of curious like what even the government thought because they were clearly they were going through a, a lot of like red tape and motions mm-hmm. with they had a child uh, protective services or whatever member mm-hmm. and she was trying to talk to him because that's that's standard you know that's how you do it right right uh, but then he goes I'll only talk to Paul Sevier mm-hmm. and alone it's at the Nelly even then of course there's the escape you know and he gets no more information yeah which is him stumbling again but I feel like you know the the light starts i feel like he connects with the kid which which i feel like is the only thing because lucas says that um roy and the kid just show up out of nowhere mm-hmm. and and the kid shows him that power and lucas is on board well yeah lucas and lucas's character is very strange to me as well so they from they what i friends. get you talked about it they were friends when they were growing up uh-huh. and then at some point during their childhood his parents picked up and moved to the ranch. Yeah. So that tells me the ranch has been around for a long time. Well, sure. Right? So then at some point, Roy meets Kristen Dunst. Yeah. Uh, who Dunst, is whatever, whatever. I don't know names. Uh, Sarah. Ma so Powers. Roy meets Sarah, right? Ma alien. And they, they have a child together. Mm-hmm. And then all well, of a she's sudden, she's also clearly from the ranch. So that's yeah. they met at the ranch. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, she got away, she, but she still there. keeps like some of the dress of right. the ranch. Yeah, right. Yeah, she, you can tell mm-hmm. in her, in her style of clothing, she definitely is is along that same line. And then they have a child together, and then the child starts exhibiting these powers. Yeah, so and the leader of the, the, ranch, leader of the ranch adopts him. She gets upset because she can't be around her child anymore. Probably raised by the community, she's probably, you know doesn't have as much interaction if any with her son Mm -hmm. and because she can't deal with that she leaves Mm -hmm. and from there i think roy notices that his son is getting sicker and sicker and sicker yeah they they keep the child inside at all times he can't be out during the sun so they move all of their meetings and and evangelical stuff to nighttime Mm -hmm. to facilitate that but he's getting sicker it's crazy when they, they mention that like 30 minutes into the film, something about, I'm sure they mentioned it before then, but I really noticed when they mentioned it at some point, I, went, I had to really think and go, yeah, I guess all of these scenes are taking place at night. Right. Like that's, They're that sleeping was something that I day. really didn't notice. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Yeah. Uh, but then, but then, uh, then he 
figures out a plan, gets his son out of there, and just shows up on Lucas's doorstep. So the th- the thing that I thought was interesting or strange, perhaps, about Lucas was at one point we find out that he was a state trooper. Yeah, and, and he that, probably was right before they showed up. Well, and the the tie-in for that is that early on they come across they a come state across trooper. a state trooper, and he Lucas is reluctant to shoot him. Yeah, and, and Roy he, just says shoot Roy him, says, shoot him, shoot yeah. him, and he says he was wearing a vest. He's fine. Yeah, and that's why that even makes so much more sense when Lucas grabs the radio and mm-hmm. says, "Officer down." And yeah, because he knows exactly what he says. He knows, yeah, and and he makes a point to Roy, like, "Don't ever interfere again." Yeah, it's my job to handle this. Yeah, yeah that's really something. That's I mean, his his character is so bare bones, mm-hmm. but uh, we get a lot. I feel like I wanted a little bit more, though. You, you wanted know? more like, from him? It's just the whole thing. Because yeah, we don't a know anything more. else about his life. A little more, a little more. Yeah. That's all I wanted of this film. Yeah. Uh, even like Kirsten Dunst, her character felt really uh, not unnecessary, perhaps, but mm-hmm. like she could have been more. Yeah, I mean, I've I've heard people say like if you cut her out of the movie, the film would almost be exactly the same. Yeah, but when you look at Sadly. this film as kind of a, an allegory for raising a child mm-hmm. and what that entails for parents, and and the fact that you know when you have a child, you're kind of subsuming your life and taking care of another, mm-hmm. and you're only payoff at the end of it is for them to move out and move on and have their own life mm-hmm. and like what do you get from that as a as a human being mm-hmm. you know um and and how scary that is and how you give up so much of yourself and if you look at that from that point of view and you realize the fact that she couldn't be a mother because she was she was forced to not be a mother mm-hmm. he couldn't be a father and then their last act is to yeah is to be there for their son and to help him mm-hmm go to where he needs to go to leave them forever mm-hmm. and and that what what they go through with each other you know they have a couple scenes when they're like you know hugging each other and, and kind of being a family again well, even lucas says oh if only if only yeah. we weren't in this crazy situation we could be a nice little family yeah this would be a nice family yeah and you know and then at the end of it when everything's said and done lucas and roy are in prison and and she's on the run cutting her hair and changing her her hair appearance color. yeah um, I was just thinking about all the, I, I mean, I really think the, the strong aspects of this film for me are, are the, 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 the showing like residual effects of a cult yeah. on people. Cause it, it seems like so many people that they run into had had run-ins with the cult. Some, and I think that's the strongest part of this film, mm-hmm. quite honestly. Uh, and while you're talking right there and I'll, all I could think was, and maybe this is a dumb question and maybe this is every film is this, but was this a Jesus metaphor? Did we miss that? I mean, it's not strong if it is, but mm-hmm. it's definitely something is here. I think I think it's about, I mean, unless you had something to say about it, Tom. No. Okay, so for me, <laughs> sorry, Tom. the way I see this is it's, it's what's happened when people assign messianic attributes two people that they see but he does i mean if you look at it in a, in a weird way he he does belong to a higher plane and right. then they must help him get yeah, there but and his parents are not his, but really his parents in a well, sense they are yeah but, they are but but the, but the cult doesn't want him to the cult well the cult has trying, some other idea that we never quite get the because they feeling of what their idea is. they have a given, day they're given a day but not a location and also, so they don't even know about it i don't even understand the significance of that day is it some kind of uh, universal connection for for me what i got out of that in the scene at the very end of the movie was that was the day when that whole 
or a large group of the people on the other plane, the other beings, oh. were coming together to open a portal. And then he had to be there to activate it yeah. on the other side. Okay, yeah, maybe. he had to be there at that because I kind of got time. the feeling that the the ones that were on the ground that came out of the came out from behind the tree had always also there. been there. Yeah, I feel like when when him and when when they have their first sunrise, uh-huh. him his, him and his son, that's kind of like a that's like, like a signal. That's probably they were there to help him with that, mm-hmm. and that's what healed him, and that's what I feel like that is his puberty moment mm. where he goes from being a child with these abilities to an adult and if you notice his personality totally changes at that point well yeah he becomes someone that they're taking care of to someone who is now telling them what to do from that point on he has control over everything and um i feel like him and michael shannon probably get a view of what's going on in that area maybe any structures and stuff like that they probably see the other the well, other he says beings. It's just for a moment it's just for a moment yeah and from that point on that's when they're going you know he knows now are we even supposed to take that perhaps in that moment one of the beings joined with michael shannon or michael shannon got those powers and that's why his eyes flash at the end could we take that meaning no. i mean i mean i'm not really uh, i'm not sure what i'm asking or why i'm at. it's just i, maybe, I want maybe something he was more just, from this film and maybe, maybe he's just affected by the experience yeah. because he was there when his son switched over changed mm-hmm. matured evolved whatever Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, that's the problem is we're not giving any information, so we have to infer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like it was that location because if you looked during that scene, we got a montage of several locations in the southern, e- southern, south, southeastern United States. Yeah, kind of close to Florida. Close to Florida, lots of Florida. It was definitely in the Georgia esque. Yeah, perhaps all of that southern eastern tip. Tennessee and. Is that a state? <laughs> And we got views from different people in different locations, people mm. at stores, people in buildings. Yeah. And the only location where those buildings actually made a significant like connection to the ground, mm-hmm. if you noticed, most of them were up in the air. Most of them were on these freestanding pillars. And or then in the, the ocean. The buildings were above or in the ocean, yeah. yes. I feel like this was the place, maybe on this continent, mm-hmm. where if you were going to that's because that's well, there's why, a special stair thing. That's what I'm saying. I yeah. feel like if you're going to make a transfer between planes, it'll be at a place like this. Yeah. Maybe that's where Michael Shannon, if he is one of these beings, crossed over into our plane. Mm-hmm. Was at a location like this. Yeah, I don't know. You see what I mean? Yeah. Like, we're not given a lot here, so we have to connect that's the dots ourselves. But yeah, I, th- I really liked it. In films like this, it's hard because if you don't have a huge budget, CG can look super bad. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed the visual effects in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like the scene at the gas station where the satellite falls out of the sky. Yeah. And we're only given hints in the beginning where he walks outside yeah. and you just see the flash in the sky behind him, mm-hmm. like a little light. And it just hangs on that for a second, that image. And you're like, what's going on? And then his father shows up. Roy runs over. And the and Alton says, uh, I'm sorry. And you see the light turn into fire. Yeah. And then it all comes down. And it feels it feels like actual objects are hitting the ground. It doesn't feel like something like Transformers, where it's just bullshit green screen hitting yeah. other green screen things. Like, things blow up. Things get crashed on. Mm-hmm. And it, it looks really cool. Mm-hmm. I, I I really dug the visual effects in this film. I mean, yeah, yeah the bubble stuff looked super fake, but what are you going to do? I mean, it's just energy. What yeah. do we know? What do you think of the the visual effects for all the buildings? Because those were obviously not real, but they looked physical. The buildings at the end, where it's everything's the, the all the alien structures, structures are revealed. Oh. 
I thought they looked fine. <laughs> Felt to me like a bunch of uh, green architects sat down and were like, let's make a bunch of buildings that are harmonious with the environment. Well, as soon as I uh, saw all those buildings, all I could think of was a film that we had reviewed previously called Tomorrowland. Yes. I thought of Elysium for some dumb reason. Oh, well, sorry. Uh, you also could have thought of uh, uh, Interstellar because they kind of do a weird thing like that yeah. at the end. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but in Tomorrowland, the, the kind of idea is that there is a a second world. It's not really described as being on top of our world, but it's somehow Another a pocket universe or something where these people are, are parallel universe. Yeah, where people are allowed to go wild with science, and so the building structures kind of look similar. I'd say in yeah. a weird way. And the weird thing about that is. It was connected to like the future. So yeah. if the present was all messed up, then the future would be destroyed mm-hmm. in that world. That was kind of weird. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> the architecture was similar. Yeah. Uh, they tried to do something futuristic. But yeah, I just I kind of feel this idea of there being another plane or there being like a better, and especially in that same way where Tomorrowland was supposed to be like a pinnacle of the future civilization, mm-hmm. and and what you're saying, you know, I mean, what we interpret from. This, these beings of light is that their world perhaps is peaceful and harmonious and they mm-hmm. look like they're very green. They've got wind technology, maybe, maybe mm-hmm. even a lot of solar, a lot of, I mean, it looked like they were growing plants in a Up way. above. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, was, it was weird because it, they lived in locations where they weren't impeding on humanity, even though yeah. we had no interaction with them even though because they're separate and they're living on top of each other, like I didn't think it meant literally that they were living up in the sky, but they technically were. Yeah. So that made me think, oh, could you walk up to the base of one of these buildings and touch it? Mm -hmm. Or is it separate also physically? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I'm just seeing, I'm just seeing those connections between. Yeah. I mean, it's hard not to Mm -hmm. connect those dots. Yeah. I don't know. So midnight special two, huh? Next year, let's get a let's get a <laughs> Indiegogo. What, what what can you do? I don't know. It was it's interesting. Just, yeah, it was interesting. It's different. It's worth watching at like ten p.m. on cable. I use that that uh, qualification too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com. dot com.